0: welcome back to underrated podcast at least i hope you came back My name is Q, and I am your host to this wacky world of wonder. Again, I hope you came back. Listening to the first episode, I realized a couple things. One, I do not have to use the NPR talk radio voice so that the microphone can pick it up. So hopefully things will be a little more animated from here on out. And that should be far more interesting for you and, quite frankly, for me. And two, I realized that you can hear my dog in the background. So say hi to Tess, everybody, because I'm sure she will make an appearance in several other episodes. Because, quite frankly, I can't edit everything out. That is housekeeping, as far as I'm concerned. Let's jump right back in to warehouse 13 so we are now on the second part of the pilot and we pick up right where we left off with pete and micah headed to seaver city iowa again they have some fun with the title cards and they'll get more interesting as we go on uh dickinson actually calls micah dickinson if you remember is their old boss back at the secret service and he tells her that Mrs. Frederick is funded by a black account and that she worked at the treasury in the 1950s. Mrs. Frederick looks good, y'all. And that's because she's played by CCH Pounder, who is just a national treasure. Um, so that's mysterious. Now, the actual case it picks up with Pete and Micah interviewing Cody, who's this college student. And Artie had given Pete and Micah a list of questions to ask. And they include fun things like, do you smell fudge? Did the temperature change? All that kind of good stuff. Cody's really confused. And then he starts speaking a different language. And the room gets hot. And um, Pete actually picks up on something. And before things get out of hand, um, he kind of shut stuff down. Uh, Cody gets really violent and all that kind of good stuff. And that causes Micah to want to know more about Pete's vibes. I think, yeah, we will get to that a little later in the episode as I'm looking at my notes here. So then Pete and Micah meet Professor Marzato, who translates Cody's words into, if people, and the quote is, if people knew the reasons for my fear they'd be able to understand my pain. Because I think Micah realized that Cody was speaking Italian, and so that's why they went to this rando professor, who's definitely not a bad guy. So as they're leaving the professor's office, Micah talks to Pete about how she noticed that the professor is really obsessive about things and that some things were, so she noticed that things were off in the professor's office because for someone so organized, he had a few things out of place. They weren't quite at a 90 degree angle, if you know what I mean. And I get it. That's how my desk is. So then we cut back and we see the professor take a super normal book from a super normal hidey hole on the bookcase. And we know that that's mysterious. Put a pin in that. During a phone call to a friend at some unknown government place, (laughs) um, Micah hears, hey, bunny, again, which causes her to then go eat ice cream. If you're not picking up on it, Micah stress eats, and I love her for it, because relatable. Pete uh, goes ahead and reassures her, says that he won't commit her, that, you know, Pete's really kind of a go with the flow guy he's going to stick it out with his partner and try to piece it together with her and then we cut back to the warehouse where Artie is looking for something he's talking to the warehouse and then he actually takes a zip line down into the aisle and again I know this was a thing with Sex in the City, people, I don't know, I didn't watch it. But people talked about how New York was the fifth, sixth? Oh, there's Tess. Hi, Tess. Uh, New York was, again, there were four women, right? So New York was the fifth character. So that's kind of the warehouse. The warehouse becomes a character on the show unto itself, which I love. So different characters will talk to the warehouse at different times. And we will definitely pay attention to that when that happens. So anyways, Artie is down in the aisles of the warehouse now. So then we cut to that super not creepy professor talking to a mysterious female-shaped person who holds up something and a lighter. And um, the professor then starts speaking Italian. And um, we see him at a gas station, and he lights himself on fire. Now, I'm not a scientist, but that's not recommended. No matter what Zoolander tells you, you don't have a gasoline fight at a gas station, right? So Pete follows the ambulance out that way. Mrs. Frederick then visits Dickinson, and she actually lays claim to the warehouse and the team. So I don't know. A little possessive, but also like, aw, these are my people. Don't touch my people. Uh, again, coming from her, much more intimidating than anything else. But as we go along, it'll be more heartwarming, I promise. So then we get a little bit of background about Pete and his dad. He had a, I think I mentioned last episode that Pete's dad was a firefighter, and Pete had a vibe. About the night that his dad died. he And he didn't say anything. Um, So now he has learned to trust his vibes. And he kind of follows them where they lead him. Which I think makes him. That's why he's so open to Micah and her issues and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, freaky stuff happens in Pete's life more often than not. So he's kind of used to just going with the flow, which actually makes him a a good partner for Micah, because this is this freaky stuff freaks her out, as you might imagine. So they go back to the professor's office and they find the book and it has a secret compartment. And this is kind of where it gets a little muddled this episode with the characters and the blonde women, I'm sorry, I apologize to any blonde women out there, but these women look the same. I I don't know. I also have, I'm not great with faces. I kind of have that opposite problem. I'm great with names, not so much with faces. So Pete and Micah are visited by Cody's godmother, who is also a lawyer. I, I didn't really follow that plot. But then she also dated... Professor Marzato, so Tangled Web and all that kind of good stuff. She, Pete and Micah are driving her and she starts going off about protecting Cody and she pulls the wheel of the SUV, the super government issued SUV, and um, that actually pulls the car off the road and flips the car. So then we look or the next scene is then Micah waking up in the hospital with Dickinson in her room and Dickinson tells her that Pete's unconscious and then this mysterious blonde guy shows up and he says hey bunny and that he blames himself for Denver and we find out that this is Sam and we don't know too much more yet um but we we will oh we will So then Micah wakes up and she's actually, it was all a dream. Um, She is actually on the side of the road after the car accident and not in the hospital. So Artie has been working in the warehouse to find out what um, the artifact is. And he figures out that this comb belonged to Lucrezia Borgia and it affects the brain chemistry Micah knows who Lucretia Borgia is because Micah knows everything because she's an uber-nerd. And if I haven't mentioned it already, I love her. So then there's this, we cut to this college party. You know, just a normal college party with a huge bonfire at kind of a coliseum-looking place, like we all had. It's totally normal. And Cody's godmother uses the comb... To hypnotize the crowd. And kind of paralleling what we saw in the first part of the pilot. Micah and Pete try to come up with a plan. And this time Micah actually trusts Pete to come up with the plan. And she goes along with it. See, character grows just in the second episode. In the second hour of the show even. So they kind of pincer move it. Move in from... One side, for you theater nerds out there, Pete is stage left and Micah is stage right, moving in on the godmother with the comb. And she tells Cody to bring Emily, his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, that that's why he got arrested. I guess I skipped that part. He got arrested because he beat her, which was out of character. Anyway, so then Cody lifts Emily up, who just... Again, is kind of hypnotized and goes along with it to the fire. And um, as Micah and Pete are trying to stop this, Lorna, the godmother, taunts Micah about how she let her lover die, which is kind of news to all of us. And in a really kind of disturbing, not kind of, it is disturbing, scene, Micah actually starts to turn the gun on herself and holds the gun to herself. And going back and watching this, I had totally forgotten that, but that's dark, y'all. Like, that gets dark in the second hour of the show. Um, And that was something that I had totally forgotten about. I mean, yeah, yeah. Boyfriend holding girlfriend over fire. That's fine. But federal agent Micah, cool, calm, and collected. Holding the gun to her own head, that, yikes, I was shook, as the kids say. So then Pete, Tesla's Lorna, actually, so we get to see one of our agents use the Tesla for the first time. Well, that's exciting. They neutralize the comb in the goo, and we have a Ghostbusters moment into the canister there where a bunch of these little floaty... Balls of energy come flying out. And then apparently that causes amnesia. Nobody can remember what happened. Um, And our agent saved the day. Yay! And all is right with the world for now. Bum bum bum. So then back at the warehouse, um, Micah has decided to stay. Good, we get to go on with the show now. I was really, really sweating it there. Not really. But, you know, they had to throw in some tension. And Pete actually, she's actually outside the warehouse. And Pete goes out and runs out to her because it's time to throw the football back. And he isn't doesn't get there in time, so she gets hit with this football. Which honestly had to hurt because this football is going around the world. So I can only imagine the velocity. So anyway, she has her little Jan moment with the football. And our agents are staying. So yay! So our first warehouse agents are in. They are locked down, as they say. Which, that brings me to my thoughts on the pilot. So this episode was dedicated to nora o'brien who was an nbc production executive Um, she worked at sci-fi before the name change and then was a part of nbc universal who is the parent company Um, and she worked on shows like stargate atlantis and sg1 And I thought that was really sweet. We'll see a couple other episodes dedicated to people. And I don't know. I just think it's a nice gesture when people reach out to staff like that. Um, Since I would probably be a behind-the-scenes person in this kind of atmosphere, I just think it's nice when staff and support get recognized. That's really nice. Anyways... So, it's not a terrible pilot, kind of echoing what I said in the in our my first episode. It's not terrible. It sets everything up. You kind of know who the players are. You know, Mrs. Frederick is a little more mysterious and intimidating in this one. Um, but it leaves some mysteries for us to come back for. And that, I think, with the characters, we get to know a little bit more. Um, about Micah and Sam and whatever that situation is Um, and Pete and his dad and his vibes get to know a little bit more about that and the uh, the mystery that's going on with the warehouse all that kind of good stuff kind of keeps you coming back for more or at least kept me coming back for more. I think ultimately that this could have been cut down instead of having two whole episodes, I think the beginning episode with the Aztec bloodstone and all that kind of stuff could have been shortened. And I think this could have been shortened as well. Uh, I understand what they were trying to do with like Sam keeping that mysterious and all that kind of good stuff. But honestly, I don't know that we needed the whole hospital flashback and that kind of stuff like I, I'm i not a TV producer I'm not a director but I am a consumer of these things and to me I just think there was a more kind of efficient way to tell that story and to get these players out there without dragging it into trying to fill two hours of TV again just my opinion but I think by the end of the first half, we pretty much know or get the premise and the characters and that kind of stuff. And we could have just moved on a little bit faster. But you know, that's fine. It is what it is. I love that, like I mentioned before, there's Tess. Hi, Tess. That the I told you she was going to come back around. Um, I love that the warehouse is already a character. There's already kind of you already get the feeling that the warehouse reacts to people, especially Artie right now, as he's talking to her, them, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to gender the warehouse. I have not asked. Um, but you know, in the we'll see as Pete and Micah move out move throughout the aisles and the negative energy and all that kind of good stuff, we see it start to play around with the agents and um like I said just becomes another character another it's more than a background more than a warehouse so that's I don't know it's just fun like I said one of the things that I like about the show so yeah that and that is kind of my summary about the pilot which brings us to our artifact of the week The artifact this week is actually that tracker football. It's a 1920 style leather football with a high tech computer inside. So we see Pete throw it a couple times and it actually travels around the world collecting data about artifacts. So it's kind of like a warehouse satellite, except I guess someone has to actively go out and throw it. I don't know if we ever know how long it takes. The football to come back, but Pete seems to know when it's time for it to come back, so um, we'll see it every here, every now and again. So it travels around and it sends a ping back to Warehouse 13 when it picks up artifact uh, activity. And so we'll see, you know, Artie's on his computer checking for artifacts and weird phenomena, so I have to assume they have other things than the football going around and other ways to track behavior, but the, whoops, the football is definitely one way that they track behaviors and weird things happening. So the football can actually also be opened up to access a keyboard and the artifact database, like a Pokedex if you're into the Pokemon lore. So you can actually look up stuff about artifacts and things from the football, which is kind of neat. I don't know. Maybe there are other agents around like, I just have questions. Does it fall out of orbit? You know, do people have there been sightings of this football? And that's like, when people talk about UFO sightings, maybe it's just the warehouse football going past them, picking up artifact behavior. I don't know. That leaves a few questions in my mind. But yeah, so that's just fun, and it's just one of those things that it's not like an episode ever gets dedicated to it, but it's just part of the lore of the warehouse, and it's just something fun to keep an eye out for. It also features on one of the t-shirts that Eddie McClintock designed for a Comic Con that my sister and I both have, and we are wearing those t-shirts in our picture with Eddie McClintock. I will stop talking about that sometime, I promise. Today is not that day, though. Um, And yeah, so that is the artifact of the week. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Like I said, I think things will just get better from here on out as far as the show and also this podcast as I learn and go on. If you have thoughts, let me know them. Uh, You can reach out on Twitter at under underscore rated pod uh you can also email me at info.underrated at gmail.com and i'm looking at also setting up facebook and instagram so be looking out for that and i'll probably have links and all that kind of good stuff out there you know on the social meds until next time peace nerds